What's going on, everyone? This is Drew Code Sports Talk, and I am your host, Andrew Wright. And over in his living room is my co-host, Cody Johnson. Cody? Hey, everybody. What is going on? Thank you guys so much for joining us. We've got a pretty fun episode for you guys. We've got some Lakers NFL playoff talk. Um, also, too, got some big uh, James Harden and the Nets uh, acquiring him news. So stay tuned for that. So don't go anywhere and please enjoy. Welcome, 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 everyone. Uh, thank you for joining us. We always appreciate it. And uh, this episode is brought to you by Chick-fil-A. <laughs> Just take a sip of this. <laughs> Cows want you to eat more beef. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it's funny because I've been wanting Chick-fil-A forever. And here in Fresno, um, Chick-fil-A is like the longest line. We only have two. And it's the longest line for Chick-fil-A ever. I mean, it is so long. So my wife and I, we thought we were being smart about um, uh, doing it over the app, waiting like 15 minutes before we go. Mm-hmm. Then we left, went, and they have like a designated area where you're supposed to park. So we parked there. And um, there's not enough parking spots for the mobile orders. <laughs> so they want you to park pretty much anywhere and have your lights flashing so your hazard lights on so they know who's waiting for mobile orders and who's oh just gosh. waiting there and so we're waiting there and i was like man there's a lot of flashing lights this is not good we're gonna wait here forever and luckily it wasn't that bad we we waited probably for 15 minutes so it wasn't terrible uh but i had both of my kids in the car so but luckily my son had just fallen asleep uh, my daughter was hungry, so uh, she was, you know, just waiting for the food. Uh, and then my uh, we we did it early enough too mm-hmm. because I had planned this because I was like, okay, I know Chick Fil A takes a while, so if I'm gonna get it, we're gonna go, we're gonna order it early, so by the time we get it, then my wife will be hungry, and mm. I will not have an angry wife. So that mm, was there that you was go. the idea, and you know, it worked out really well. <laughs> yeah you know what good, we've been doing is idea. when we get off work uh my wife is always extremely hungry so i've been doing this habit where i DoorDash something at my house before i'm there <laughs> so by the time i get there it's already there so when she walks yeah. through the door honey dinner's ready you know it's already done so that <laughs> yeah. way we don't get and she's hand already hand. halfway done so you're yeah. just like oh yeah you're in a good mood all right pretty much <laughs> although i gotta say though you and you and your wife love putting um you know, some sort of like depression on yourselves because you guys love to go to places that have super long lines for no reason at all. Like Dutch bros always has the longest line in the world in and out Chick-fil-A. Dutch like I will, I will say that Dutch yourselves bros, with it, these has, it has a long line, but that one, it goes fast. Like, honestly, I think the longest we've actually ever waited in line for Dutch bros was like 15 minutes. And that was because they didn't have any runners, mm-hmm. but the one that we go to, it's super fast. It really is. It's really not that bad. Yeah, I've Starbucks actually, like, I've actually went like to, well, I know, but Starbucks actually, in my experience, Starbucks actually takes longer. So, or at least the Starbucks around my houses. So I, I, I don't even mess with them because um, I've gone to where I've had to drop my kids off in the Sanger, which is about 20 minute drive from my house and then um so and i have to be at work at 9 30 and so i will i'll drop them off usually like 8 45 i get 
back on the freeway, take it all the way down, and then I'll get off where the Dutch Bros is, get Dutch Bros, and get there. And I'm still there at like 9.15. So I, I, it, it's really not that bad. With Starbucks, I've had it to where I've gotten off. There's a Starbucks right by where I work. Mm-hmm. Right, I mean, literally a block away. Right. I've gone there. And I've waited in line and I didn't, I got there at 9.10 and uh-huh. I didn't get out of that line until 9.45. And it was like, it wasn't, it wasn't one of those things where I was like, okay, maybe I need to leave. It was like, I was already like in the middle of the drive-thru <laughs> and I couldn't like back up. So I was like, well, I might as I'm well committed. get what I was going to get, you know? So yeah, I, in my experience, Starbucks is, uh is not the quickest so so the argument is not that starbucks is quicker but like if there's a line at the one because there's one obviously like on every corner it seems like so there's one very close to where i live and if there's more than like three cars i'm sorry i'm getting starbucks somewhere else or i'm just going a day without starbucks because the only time i've ever been caught in a starbucks line that was that long was the one by my house i'm in line i'm like oh i'm gonna get going but i'm the person is too close in front of me because i was an idiot and i pulled up right on their bumper because i'm trying to squeeze in and then someone pulled up on my bumper so now i'm committed i'm in this <laughs> line i'm like well i'm stuck here we're gonna deal with it and by the time i get home with the starbucks and the wife's like how come it took you so long i said because everybody and their grandmother decided that they wanted a frappuccino this morning so they're all waiting in there until well, that's that's my argument is when I get to Starbucks, it's not about the line. It's uh-huh. about how slow the, the place is. And they're always slow. There's one right by my house. That one takes forever. There's another one by my house towards the freeway. That mm-hmm. one takes forever. There's and then the one by my work. That one takes forever, too. Because for some reason, no one knows how to make quick coffee. That's why I go to Dutch Bros. Because it might be a long line, but it goes by a lot quicker and they get it done quick. I don't know. That's what, that is the argument. I have spoken. Whatever. Okay, that's fine. You can have whatever you want. I'm just saying. And I like Dutch Bros better anyway. So That's fine. That's, I can agree. I can agree with that because Starbucks is not the best. But, yeah. I like I like Starbucks. I mean, I have a Starbucks in the afternoon usually. Usually, my boss is like, "Hey, you guys want Starbucks?" Yeah, all right. <laughs> yeah, I'd much so. rather get a I'd much rather get a coffee at um at Benediction. Their coffee is so much better. Oh yeah, that's good. Okay, uh, that was a weird turn that we just had, but anyway, this is a sports show. But hey, we got to talk about our coffees anyway. <laughs> um, you know, I, man, there uh, something just happened not too long ago, uh, Cody, and I think uh, let's just you know get into it. Obviously, um, there was a huge trade, a woge bomb, as you uh, put out on Instagram on, on Drew Code. Uh, James Harden was traded to the Nets. Um, it's like a, it's between four different teams. Uh, Karis LeVert is part of it. Uh, Jarrett Allen is part of it. And the Cavaliers are part of it, are part of the trade. And they have like five or six big men on their roster now acquiring (laughs) Jarrett Allen. So I don't know what their plan is, but, um, you know, obviously we, we talk about Lakers, uh, on this podcast, but um, I think this is major news where we can talk about it, you know, abroad. But I think we are going to tie it into Lakers a little bit, obviously. Um, but Cody, I mean, your initial thoughts on on hearing about James Harden being traded to the Nets? Well, my first initial thought is I'm surprised that it went through. Not that mm-hmm. obviously how big the deal was. I'm just surprised that Houston was willing to give up 
you know, a former MVP to a team that already had one former MVP and, you know, a perennial MVP and all-star in on the same team and make it such a juggernaut. It, it's almost reminiscent of when the, the heat's big three first formed rather than they all signed instead of got traded all there. But um, it kind of reminds me of that. So I'm surprised that, that a team would be willing to do so unless the nets aren't confident or, you know, don't think that Kyrie Irving's going to be back. Cause maybe they did it for insurance because I mean, if you were to lose Kyrie, at least get another guy that, has almost as good as handles and, you know, arguably a better shot than him. But, um, you know, I think it's a good move for the Nets, of course. I mean, you just improved tremendously. Um, On paper, they look great, which actually is what uh, AD had said in an interview before um, the Laker game. But, you know, we'll see what happens. I mean, questionable if uh, James Harden even looks like he's in shape. You know, how's KD going to be towards the uh, uh, latter end of the season? Because he's, this is his first season back from Achilles injury. No one knows where Kyrie Irving's at or what's going on with him. So, you know, what happens if he decides that he doesn't want to play basketball anymore? Or, you know, maybe the Nets feel like they're okay trading him. But I think this is really good for the Rockets in the future. I think they got like eight or nine first-round picks in this um, in this trade from like three different teams. So they they're going to have a plethora of, chances to rebuild and you know they have john wall and i believe that they've got uh, victor oladipo on the team now along with boogie cousins and i and i want to say oh and christian wood who's been like an underlying star for them so yeah for the rockets it looks great and we'll see if they the, we'll see you know how they go after but for the nets like you know we already knew they're a playoff team but we'll see how how well they do now and uh and i'm curious to see so yeah, you know, my my initial thought was um, I was amazed that the Nets pulled it off without having to trade Kyrie Irving. Right. Um, I figured with all this that's going down, now is the time to get rid of Kyrie. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm a big component on getting rid of Kyrie. I think he is, he does a lot of good. I, 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 I keep seeing that people are like, well, a lot of people aren't saying this about Kyrie. Listen, no one's talking about Kyrie as a human being. As a human being, a lot of people do like Kyrie. That's why KD went to Brooklyn to play with Kyrie. Um, it's, it's not a question of, of him as a person. It's him as a basketball player. And not just not the way he plays. It's how he handles himself. himself excuse me. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, that was the issue in Cleveland. He was not handling it well when he was losing in Cleveland. Then LeBron mm-hmm. came back, and all of a sudden he was starting to win. And now he got this thing in his head of, "Hey, well, you know, LeBron wouldn't have been able to do it without me, and so now he needs me. I don't need him." Mm-hmm. And he kind of got that into his head and went to Boston. And I thought that was a smart move. I was like, "If you're going to go away from a potential," um, uh, you know, championship team in, in the Cavaliers and you're going to go to Boston with a lot of young guys. thought that was a good move. And mm-hmm. he was going to be the guy, you know? Yeah. Jason Tatum was, was an up and coming guy, but Kyrie can have the reins for a while, you know, as Jason is, is learning the game mm-hmm. and you saw it, it, it tanked Boston. I mean, Boston was worse and it was like, what is going on? What, mm-hmm. why? And then all of a sudden he's hurt all the time. Um, and then he came into to Brooklyn. He was the guy. 
And you could kind of feel that Brooklyn team the year before was in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And then with Kyrie, they were struggling. And yeah. then Kyrie got hurt. And then Brooklyn was like, okay, well, now we're back to what we were. And they were good again. And it was like, what the heck? What is going on? Mm-hmm. So there, there's something. I, I wish I could pinpoint it. I wish I could. But there's something about Kyrie. He just doesn't work with everyone. Now, when I saw the games that Kyrie and Katie were both in, they looked really good. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not arguing that, um, you know. The first game that they played, Kyrie was on a mission and he was just, he was, he couldn't miss, it seemed like. I mean, he was hitting threes like nothing. He was driving the lane. I mean, he was getting wide open however he wanted. But now you have this whole issue where, um, you know, no one can find him. <laughs> and right. So I figured, okay, now is the time that James Harden is going to go to the Nets. And I was amazed that now they still have a Kyrie, mm-hmm. they still have Kevin Durant, and now they have James Harden. But you can't argue now they have no depth because now you're stuck with DeAndre Jordan, who used to be a defensive, uh, you know, one of the probably defensive player of the year mm-hmm. candidate every single year. Um, and now he's kind of he's got he's hit and miss. I mean, he's 50 50 mm-hmm. right now on defense. And then his offense, I mean, all he can do is dunk. He, he doesn't do anything else. And so, um, you know, with the Nets. I don't know how this works. I mean, to be honest, James Harden, he does look out of shape. Um, yeah. I was watching the Lakers and, and Rockets game, which he was in. I mean, the Lakers dominated the Rockets. And to be perfectly honest, the Rockets made an admission of, well, um, James Harden is not going to be the guy. He's going to be a, he's going to be a guy. Um, I mean, he ended up with 20 points in the first game against the Lakers. And then in the second game, he had 16 and so he's the second leading scorer twice in a row. Who's the number one. It's the guy that you mentioned Christian Wood. Mm-hmm. So in, in both games. Um, so, you know, Harden is, is a great talent. I'm not, I'm not saying that he's not, but you know, he, he might find some rejuvenated energy to come into, uh, into Brooklyn, but there's not enough ball to be passed around. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, KD still wants to be the guy. He wants to prove that he's still that he's the best because we were having that conversation when he was in Golden State. Is Kevin Durant the best player in basketball? Is is he surpassing LeBron? Mm-hmm. Then he got hurt, and we saw LeBron this last year just dominate. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, COVID hit. Then they had a bubble, and then LeBron was like, "Okay, back to what I was doing, and maybe I'll look even better." And so that's what he did. And Anthony Davis is like, "Oh, I like this. I want to do it too." So now people are saying, "Oh, it's it's LeBron James one, Anthony Davis two. Who's number three? Mm-hmm. You know." And Kevin Durant kind of was a forgotten guy. So let's not forget about that aspect. You know, these these basketball players, yes, they want to they want to win. Mm-hmm. They also have egos, and I think Kevin Durant is going to be okay for a while. But I think towards the end of this, maybe the season or start of playoffs. He's gonna be. He's gonna want to have the ball at all times, mm-hmm. and the offense run through him. And James Harden and Kyrie. I don't know if they can do it. Kyrie and Kevin looked like a good duo because Kyrie mm-hmm. is a good passer, and James Harden is too. Mm-hmm. But Harden has played ISO ball pretty much his whole career, except for when he was OKC, mm-hmm. and that was before he was as good as he is now. Well, so, what I'll say is just remember that James Harden and, and KD did play once before. 
They played yeah, you know, okay, Oklahoma see. City yeah. when they had also uh, Westbrook on the team. So I think they'll remember how to play together. They've got pretty yeah. good chemistry. They still remain close even after they win on their own endeavors. I don't think Kevin Durant will be as egotistical as, as let's say, Kyrie or James Harden because you have to remember, too, when KD was in Golden State, it gave him an opportunity to learn how to win a championship, and he had to play with other talented players, and it wasn't about him. You know, like what Steve Kerr made of that culture, along with, you know, mm-hmm. having Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, and Draymond Green, is that we win together. So one night yeah. it's Clay Thompson going off, the next night it's Steph, and then maybe some other nights it's KD or a combination of both or all three or whatever the case may be. So I think that Kevin Durant had a healthy understanding of what it takes to win a championship because how many teams have we seen be put together that didn't win a championship when on paper they look great? I mean, we'll use our own Lakers as an example. Remember when we traded for Dwight Howard and we got to keep Pal Gasol and Lamar Odom and we um, and we got to – obviously we had Kobe and then I believe it was Steve Nash also signed with us that offseason. On paper, we're like, oh, we look like the best team because we already yeah. went to the championship with Kobe and Powell. We add defensive player of the year, Dwight Howard, and a and a savant in basketball and Steve Nash. And we didn't even we barely made the playoffs and and Kobe had to tear his Achilles just to get us in, you know. So mm-hmm. let's we'll we won't say that talent gets them on paper, but what I'll say though with the Nets is if everyone checks their ego at the door, which is a lot, which is a huge if, I think that they could potentially be a dangerous team because they're shooters. Bottom line is yep. they're not just players. They can shoot. Like Kevin Durant, the reason why he looks so good, he's probably not even 100%. The reason why he looks so good is because he's seven foot and can shoot from 30, and he's got yep. handles like you wouldn't believe. And you don't forget how to shoot, you know what I mean? And Kyrie Irving, he's not always successful – I mean, he's always successful driving to the basket, but his game's not predicated on that. He's a three-point specialist. Yeah. Same with James Harden. He's off. The, he can dribble you, um, you know, out of the lane, and he could pull up and and step back for three or or whatever the case may be. So, if they can find a way to come together, you know, they they have a really good shot. Do I think it'll happen? No. I think it's either Kyrie or James Harden's ego that mess it up. But nowhere do I think it's Kevin Durant. If anything, I think he's the alpha amongst the three to kind of bring them together. But I, do, I don't think the Nets are like a championship team. I think there's too much ego to, to, that gets in that way because, again, you, like you mentioned, there's one basketball. I don't think Kevin Durant yeah. will be the problem with them not getting the ball. It's when it comes down to closing, who gets the ball now, which is kind of dangerous because now what team, you know, in teams, in opposing teams, who do you guard? But at the same time, when you're on when you're on the team, who's the one guy that you trust? And, and then also too, who's going to put their ego aside to not get 30 points this night? Like maybe you're the guy that does all the dirty work, and KD mm-hmm. shines, or Harden shines, or whoever. Like who who checks their ego for the next guy, or so on and so forth. I don't know if that'll happen, but I think KD is 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 the one that it'll hone it together because he has championship experience. But we'll see with with everything else i don't think depth's going to be an issue with the nets like you mentioned but i think it's more or less like how do we get all this together does harden now play one does he go two does does Kyrie go one or two i mean basketball is becoming more uh, positionless so like in what aspect does everyone play like how does this offense look you know i guess is my only question I agree. To, I agree with you to a certain point. Um, I agree that the the Golden State and and him being an OKC and and having uh, worked with James Harden before it does help. Um, but here's the thing: <laughs> Kevin Durant left Kyrie Irving for Steph, or left Steph Curry for Kyrie Irving. Mm-hmm. 
And Steph Curry is a different animal. He's a cat who could be top five easily. And, and in my opinion, he is. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of people, he wouldn't be. And, and I'm, I'm not here to argue. Um, but Steph Curry and Steve Kerr, they, you know, they got together and said, hey, listen, we want Kevin Durant to come. So the way we're going we're gonna to have him come and stay and win championships with us, it's going to go through him. And Curry said, that's fine. We'll give him the ball. And Curry did just that. Kyrie left LeBron because he wanted the ball more. He was sick and tired of LeBron controlling not only the team. Yes, that, that was obviously a part of it. But also he was sick and tired of not being the guy. He wanted to be the guy. That's why he goes to Boston because he's the guy. Mm-hmm. And then he went to Brooklyn. Uh, probably obviously knowing trying to get KD, but he goes to, he goes to Brooklyn and um, he's the guy and it it doesn't work, Mm -hmm. but he still thinks that I'm the guy. So that's what my thought is when they're in the playoffs and they need a last shot, Kyrie's going to say, I want the ball. I want the ball because he did it in Cleveland. So I was the one who won LeBron a, a, a ring in Cleveland. That's what, that's his argument every single time. Sure. And with James Harden, when he was playing with Kevin Durant, he wasn't the player he is now. Mm. He didn't have the game that he was. He was a good player. He was a really, really probably the best six man. And then he goes to Houston, and they said, we're going to run everything through you. Mm-hmm. And he said, okay. And he improved his game. His shot is a lot better. His dribbling is a lot better. Uh, his, his drive to the basket is a lot better. So he improved all that. And so now he's been the guy for so long, probably majority of his career, now going to Brooklyn and trying to have to take a step back, because I agree with you, KD is is the alpha in this. Mm-hmm. And but that's my that's my argument is KD, I think thinks of himself too much as the alpha. Like, okay, everything needs to go through me, mm-hmm. but you gotta be involved a little bit as well. So mm-hmm. I think you're gonna see at times KD is gonna be very passive, but I also think there are gonna be a lot of times where KD is gonna be like, no, it, it's gotta be me. And that's where you're going to get the internal struggle. I'm not saying it's going to be a complete fail. I think this team is the best team in the East. No Mm -hmm. question. I don't see how Milwaukee beats them. I don't see, I mean, Philadelphia would probably be the only team in the East that I can think of right now, as I'm trying to think Mm -hmm. of everything in the East. Uh, I think Philadelphia has the best shot, but I don't, I don't know, man, like Embiid and Simmons, they're up and down every time. Um, and I like Tobias Harris, but um, he's just not been very consistent since he's been in Philadelphia. So, um, but I I don't see them beating the Lakers because of lack of depth, mm-hmm. and that's what the Lakers did is they added depth and kept their core, yeah, uh, which is really tough to do. And the Nets they went high powered guys right away, mm-hmm. and um, you know not not so much depth. Uh, later on i mean i'm not saying they have crappy guys i mean yeah they still have some really good uh some good players out there but not as much as they did spencer dinwiddie's out jared allen who's their best defensive big man is gone mm-hmm. um and karis lavert who was when Kyrie or kd were not playing karis lavert was taking it over and he was doing a great they were still winning games without kd or Kyrie. yeah um, and so now without him, that's going to be a struggle. I mean, Joe Harris, they wanted him. Mm-hmm. He hasn't been great. He, I've, I've watched a few of their games. He hasn't looked great. So um, it'll be interesting to see for sure, though. Yeah, I don't think they're a major threat to the Lakers. So I think actually, I don't, I don't, I mean, 
on paper, they look like the best in the East. I actually, you know, I don't think as of they're constructed right now, I think Boston's slightly of a better team because when you bring back Kimba Walker, you have Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown mm-hmm. both playing really well. Just those three, like even last season, they made a lot of good noise or shooters. Jason Tatum is like a perennial MVP, sure. you know, and, and Jalen Brown, he basically has the same playing level as Jason Tatum. So you got two potential MVP guys that are on the yep. same team and they're selfless too. So they each shine, yep. like they're each averaging like, what is it? 27 or 28 with like a handful of uh, assists yep. and like almost seven rebounds each. Like those are, are, are comparable numbers. And then let's bring in Kimber Walker when he's there, he's basically a Kyrie Irving that's willing to share the ball, you know, like yeah. with the handles, three point shooting and all that stuff. So, I mean, that three headed horse, I trust more than the nets yeah. Um, I, I, I agree with you though, that I don't think the bucks would beat them because they, the bucks has really taken a step back since they lost Eric Bledsoe. Um, and that team just isn't the same since free yeah. agency. Um, you know, you can tell that Giannis is doing it all by himself. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I don't even know if, uh, you know, the Raptors would match up well with them. They might only because they're a shooting team, but they really don't have, they, look they really don't have someone right to kind of focal point the offense. It's still too many hands in there. But like I mentioned, though, I think Boston is probably the team I would trust come out of the East more. And in terms of the Lakers, um, in terms of the Lakers, I would only be concerned for the Lakers if if uh, Brooklyn figures it out. And what I mean by that is like the offense is running. Steve Nash gets them to coexist. Um, You know, they shoot the ball well, because the one thing that the Lakers have a hard time with is shooters. It's not defensive penetration. It's not, you know, having a team go through the lane. It's high pick and rolls. It's a team that can shoot that really gives us problems. And yeah. You know, let's say, you know, DeAndre Jordan is playing pick and roll with like Kyrie or or James Harden or KD is playing pick and roll with uh, or with I uh, with uh, Kyrie Irving or James Harden. Can you imagine that threat? Like, who do you guard at that point? You're just playing yeah. straight up one on one and mm-hmm. they each can take their guy. I mean, we collectively are a great defensive team, but, you know, they could easily outshoot us because LeBron and AD aren't naturally like three point shooters. Yeah. So, you know, if we have Wes Matthews that can't knock down, if we have Kuzma that's not knocking down, if we have KCP that's not shooting it well, you know, mm-hmm. they can get us. But yeah, also, too, the, the argument that we're talking about, which is their continuity and them coexisting, the Lakers on a whole nother field. In my opinion, it's Lakers and nobody, nobody close to them in second place because you can just tell on the court they have this closeness that is not matched to any team. I don't care yeah. how long a team has been together the Lakers cannot be touched when it comes to team chemistry. So, I mean, in that respect, the Lakers aren't giving up anything. I just mean in like mm-hmm. a team aspect of, yeah, you I know, get what you're saying. just overall talent. If they, if they figure it out, then yeah, they're dangerous. But I think the Lakers are still the outright favorite. Like if we put all three of them on a team right now and whoever else on in the starting lineup, and it was the Lakers and them seven games, I say Lakers do a gentleman sweep four one, you know, and that's being generous with the nets because again, uh-huh. like with everyone there, I don't, you know, I don't think the Lakers have anything to worry about with this team until things kind of start running for Brooklyn. But we have to get James Harden in shape. We have to figure out where Kyrie's uh, attitude is at. We have to figure out how Katie's health is at the end of the season. There's a lot of question marks before, yeah. and we're not even halfway through. So, and I do like what you pointed, and, and this will be the final thought is I like because my thought was this yes, you're right. You know, when they get their shooting on and they're working like that pick and roll real well, that's a <laughs> tough team to stop. But can it work for seven for seven games? Right. For a seven game series. Can they beat the Lakers like that for seven games? I don't think so. Because we've seen James Harden in the playoffs. He drops off. Mm-hmm. We've seen, you know, Kyrie 
he can he does well, but he's better with someone else when he was working really well with LeBron. Mm-hmm. Uh, we haven't seen him work well with anyone else. So uh, that's a quite that's a huge question mark. And we've seen KD, but we've seen him with Russell Westbrook and they were doing so well and they just couldn't get to the big game. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, or they, they couldn't win the big game, you know what I mean? So right. um, that's that that's uh, that's always the question. So all right. Enough Lakers talk. Um, Cody, we had uh, uh, an announcement by the Las Vegas Raiders this week, earlier this week. I believe it was Monday. If I'm not, no, I'm sorry, it was Tuesday. Mm-hmm. It was Tuesday. Uh, we hired a defensive coordinator. We hired Gus Bradley. So, uh, Cody, Gus Bradley was the uh, defensive coordinator uh, for the Chargers last year, for the last three years. Um, and um, he did a really good job. He he got some good players. There's there's no question there. Um, he he used to be the head coach for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, he was a uh, defensive uh, coach. I, I believe he was the secondary coach for the Seattle Seahawks when Legion of Boom was there. So yep. he's had some some success defensively. Um, obviously, when he was in Jacksonville, that was when the, the Jaguars were at the top of their, uh, defensive, uh, prowl. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, uh, he, he got fired and, and went to the, um, chargers and they had a really good defense. Unfortunately, the last two years, uh, they've had a lot of issues, uh, injury wise. Um, so we hired Gus Bradley as our defensive coordinator, Cody. Um, how do you feel about it? And, um, well, no, how do you feel about it? Um, you know, I'm, We'll see how it goes. I mean, one of the things that I'm concerned with is I'm hoping that we're not hiring Gus Bradley because of his, you know, I imagine it is because of previous defense experience, but I hope we're not hanging our hat on like what he did in Seattle, which was, you know, nearly 10 years ago. I mean, I think we tried doing that with one of our previous defensive coordinators um, who was, uh, uh, or actually I think it's the current defensive coordinator for the Seahawks. Now I'm, I'm forgetting his name. I think it's something Norton, Greg Norton. I think yeah. Uh, Ken, Quinn, Ken Norton. Yeah. So, you know, when we hired him right after Seattle, we thought it'd be great. Yeah. And our defense was okay, but we still had the same problem, secondary linebacker issues and the same thing here. Um, you know, I'm curious to see what Gus Bradley does. One of the things that he did really well with is coaching up the secondary and the linebacking area of um, the chargers because they, their linebackers were always really stout and their cornerbacks were always something that gave us problems. I mean, other than this season, I think it was a wash just because of, you know, it was a, it was a wasted year essentially, but we'll see. I mean, honestly, at this point, like I just, I'm curious to see what we do in terms of who we sign, who we draft, how we get them on the field and how well they're coached up, how well that they're um, prepared because um, it can't be any worse than Paul Gunther is what I'll say. You know, I mean, I, you know, knock on wood, but uh, what I'd rather have seen maybe us go after, which I know is going to be impossible, but like um, uh, Raheem Morris from Atlanta, I'd really love to see us get go after him. Um, I wouldn't even have been upset if we tried going after, um, oh, there was another coach that recently got let go. Um, I can't remember his name right now. But anyways, my point being is I'm just hoping that our defense looks better prepared i hope that our team (laughs) is actually willing to stand up and goal line defense and when we have our secondary i think that's one of my concerns and one of the things i was really upset with with john gruden is that we got this far with paul gunther that we didn't make a change almost sooner yeah 
And, uh, you know, I'm, I, I think there's reports that came out. And I think you told me about this, that Rob Marinelli's got to stay on the coaching staff, which is good. Yeah. My only concern is like Rob Marinelli, you know, had the last three weeks with the defense and it, it seemed worse and it could be because of injuries late in the season. So really not playing for too much, but you know, at one point in the season, we were, you know, fighting for second place in our division to almost, you know, you know, potentially maybe taking over first place in our division if we would have beaten the Chiefs. And then, I don't know, ever since that game, we just fell off. We almost lost to the Jets and we lost very easily winnable games, one of them against the Falcons, which we got shellacked. Mm -hmm. So I'm just wanting to see what Gus Bradley brings. I mean, his head coaching um, record isn't the greatest. He did decent mm -hmm. at uh, in L.A. with the Chargers. So I just want to see the defense, imp uh, defense improve. <laughs> it doesn't seem like it's gotten any better yeah. for like the last five years. So at this yeah. point, he's another name. And in my opinion, if it doesn't get any better after the season, I think we start looking for a new head coach because it doesn't get any better. I mean, yeah. you know, if we're going to keep – putting all these defensive players in, but it ain't working. Maybe we need to just change the whole thing out. Cause yeah. I feel like we're about two seasons away from blowing the whole thing up. That's what it's feeling like. It's, I feel like that's where we're the pressure is mounting towards like, okay, we got this offense. We got this new city. This coach has a bunch of money given to him, meaning Gruden. And now we're signing these hopefully defensive experts in Gus Bradley. And I feel like there's a pressure point coming up to where in like a season or two, if we're still a 500 team or missing the playoffs late in the season, because you know, we can't win. Yeah. I feel like we're about, we're about to see a reboot. So. Um, man, hell of a statement, man. <laughs> um, you know, I, I agree with you. I, I like, uh, first of all, I like the signing with Gus Bradley. I, I like him a lot. I've liked him since Jacksonville. I really have mm -hmm. um, with Jacksonville. It wasn't, it wasn't um you know that his defense wasn't good it, his offense wasn't very good i mean him as a head coach overall was not a good head coach but as a defensive guy we've seen and he i believe he worked uh with gruden in tampa i think he had a stint in tampa where he worked with gruden and that's why um uh bradley is 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 the signing um, and obviously Gruden worked with Raheem Morris, but I don't think they they are 100% sure Raheem Morris is going to be available. So that that was kind of my thought, but I'm with you. I would have rather have Raheem Morris. Mm -hmm. uh, he's had more success lately. Now with Gus Bradley, I've liked his defense with Los Angeles uh, Chargers. I thought his defense was really good. But the key thing here is he also got the players that it worked out. Right. Same Jacksonville he had the players a lot of people are saying well he was the guy who started Legion of Boom he had the idea okay you can have the idea but you also have to have the players and right now our best safety was Jeff Heath and he he didn't see the field that much mm -hmm. our best corner Trayvon Mullen had a couple of games where he just looked lost yeah um and then we have you know Max Crosby who, who's hey, he's good he's not great and he works, but he needs some help, and we don't have help. I expect Corey Littleton to have a better year this year. Mm -hmm. um, I know a lot of people are saying he's a bust. I'm actually not ready to say that because actually towards the end of the year, he looked a lot better. Yeah. He looked like he was finally getting uh, back to where he was, and I don't, I don't know what happened there, but uh, it could have been many, many factors. Maybe he didn't respect Paul Gunther. I don't know. Yeah. Um, 
Nick Kwiatkowski, I really liked him. Um, you know, if he can stay healthy. Nick Morrow had a really good year this year. That was really surprising. We we traded for Raekwon McMillan, thought we were going to start him. He got hurt, and Morrow came in, and he did nothing but hold that job. I mean, he did a great job. So, um, you know, we have potential, but um, I will say this. Rob Marinelli, he's going to stay on, and I like it. And here's the thing. You're, you're right. The defense looked like it got worse, but I think towards the end, they were just like, we're done. I mean, it was, it was a little hope left. And I think, um, I mean, maybe the Falcons game is what did it. I mean, that's what kind of what pops in my head. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, I think they lost a lot of confidence after that game. Um, but um, Rob Marinelli, he was originally the defensive line coach. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the defensive line was better. We actually stopped the run a lot better than we normally did. Now, obviously, again, in the Colts game, we, we didn't do such a good job there. But we also didn't do great rushing the passer. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we just got, in your words, shellacked um, up front. But overall, Rob Marinelli did a lot better of a job. Uh, Farrell looked better. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cleveland Farrell, our, our uh, uh, number four overall uh, in a couple of drafts ago, um, he was considered a bust last year. They were like, oh, man, we need to get rid of Farrell. Mm-hmm. And this year he came back. He was motivated. He looked a lot better. Was he great? No. Well, I wouldn't say he was good. I think he was okay. Um, you know, obviously we still need someone. And and this brings me to my point. Mm -hmm. Um, we, we saw you and I, we were tweeting back and forth a little bit about, uh, there's a story out there that, um, you know, Khalil Mack, he might, he, he has a, uh, I believe a, a trade, something in his contract where, where he can be traded anywhere, basically. Mm -hmm. Um, or, or he has to accept it. I, 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 now I'm blanking on it, of course. I think it's something yeah, like he has a no trade clause in his contract up until a certain point of the contract. That's that's what it is. Okay, yeah. thank you. Um, and I, I wanted to say I I was trying to think if it was like player option mm-hmm. trade clause or not, and I think it's team. But anyway, um and there's a story they're saying, I mean, maybe we need to go back and and trade for Khalil Mack. And you mm-hmm. and I, you were like, I would be willing to give up a first round pick. And I'll, and I'll talk to you about that in a second. Mm-hmm. I said, I would be good getting rid of two first round picks to get Khalil Mack back. Because mm-hmm. the one thing that Khalil Mack did, we didn't have a good defense when he was there. Mm-hmm. But he put pressure on quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. He got sacks. He stripped balls. He made a difference in the defense and that pass rush helps with the secondary. And I don't think our secondary is that far off. I would get rid of Jonathan Abram, to be honest. Let's look at the trade. It was Jonathan Abram and Josh Jacobs. We got for Khalil Mack and, and a fourth round pick. I can't think of right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was Max Crosby, to be honest. Uh, my, I might be, Maybe, but anyways, I, don't, yeah. I don't know. Um, but you look at that and you go, okay, Max Crosby is a good player. I like him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Josh Jacobs, he, I would argue he's a great player. We don't use him as much. Um, I think we need to use him more. Um, but it, that, that was good. Um, and then Jonathan Abram, right now, to me, he's okay. He's really mm-hmm. good at stopping the run. That's it. 
Right. That's all I have nice to say about him. I thought he was going to be a lot better in coverage and he's not. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's killing us in that department. Yeah. Um, so my thought is this. I, I, we lost the trade. We lost it mm-hmm. because our defense is still so terrible. Mm-hmm. If we would have spent all three picks on defense, I mean, I love Josh Jacobs, but right now I would take Khalil Mack over Josh Jacobs. I would be willing mm-hmm. to give the Bears Josh. Yeah, I know this is crazy. Mm-hmm. I would give Bears Josh Jacobs and a first round pick. Maybe not even first round. Maybe you could get away with the second round pick at that point with Josh mm-hmm. Jacobs. Because uh, uh, Chicago, I mean, yes, David Montgomery had a really nice year towards the end, but I think they would take Josh Jacobs for sure with how they use uh, their running well, back. And with uh, Tyreek Cohen being injured, yeah. Yeah. Um, I would take Khalil Mack back because I feel like we need that pass rush. Yes, Max yeah. Crosby, like I said, is good, but he's not impacting the game like Khalil Mack did. He's impacting it every now and then, which is is nice sometimes. He had a huge game against Kansas City where he was pressuring Patrick Mahomes and seemed the, every single play. Mm-hmm. But he's not consistent with it, and that's our issue. Khalil Mack is consistent. You look, you were reading me the numbers with Khalil Mack. He doesn't have high sack numbers like an Aaron Donald or something. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to say you know Khalil Mack is at Aaron Donald level, but they, it is kind of two different positions. They are able to move Donald around wherever they want, and he, mm-hmm. he's a fantastic player. I mean, but Khalil Mack, he's really good in what he does as well. He, I would say, he's more of a specialist, sure. but he's probably the second or first best specialist at his at his position. Mm-hmm. Um, and and Khalil Mack, he changes games. And you see, yes, Chicago has some great defensive players as well around him. That helps. But he impacts the game every single game. And you see that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what we need. And that's what we miss terribly. Mm-hmm. I mean, in the Colts game, we had, I think it was zero quarterback pressure. I think maybe yeah. one or two. I, I don't even remember there being pressure on Phillip Rivers. I don't. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that you can't. You can't win like that. And um, yeah, I, I think I think we definitely need to. I I I had said I don't like getting rid of Khalil Mack because I liked I loved him a lot. I was thinking about getting a jersey with him. Yeah. Uh, but um, I did understand it. We needed more picks, but I I didn't understand it using it for running back. I didn't understand it, you know, um, you know, getting a a pass rusher in the fourth round, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, for the, yeah, for the most part for me is, I mean, we'll just get past the picks that we use for, for Mac, because honestly, every pick that we do, whether it's first round to the seventh round, it's a 50, 50 shot. If they even are worth a ding, you know what I mean? So, you know, how did we know that Max Crosby had a fourth round pick? If that's where we picked him at, you know, it was going to only be a seven sack kind of a guy. But again, though, the reason why we want Cleo Max so bad, and which is what you alluded to, which is um, I, I kind of call it the Aaron Donald effect because he's such a defensive presence and he and he garners so much additional blockage that it it creates an opening for somebody else to kind of come up and create more pressure. Um, and Cleo Mack is so athletic, so strong, so powerful. Like, how can you not have someone like that on the team? And I mean, the first game he ever played in a Bears uniform. He had like three sacks, like two forced fumbles. Like he killed it in the first night and made the Raiders regret to trade him. And I mean, don't get me wrong. I really like Josh Jacobs. I really like um, Max Crosby. 
I'm actually a bigger fan of, of Jonathan Abram than I want to admit. I think with the only thing beneficial I can see is I don't, I would not be surprised if we see Gus Bradley convert um, um, Abram into, into what Earl Thomas used to be from the Legion of Boom. Like that's his ball hawk. And yeah. he like kind of gets him to understand Dean's defensive position because I really like Abram as a run stopper. I love that he's able to, yeah crowd the box i love that he's able to keep up with speed with the back and then just cut him off i really like that about him you know i really don't Mm -hmm. think that you can find another player that is that versatile what i really want to see though is i really want to see him um hold back emotion to the point it costs us the team because i mean what do you have like three or four personal fouls for taunting or 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 after the play activity you know what i mean that's kind of stuff is what i want him to control but you know in terms of coverage and where to be at in positioning I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. This was his first full season. So technically his rookie season with Mm -hmm. again, no mini camp, no training camp, no nothing like that other than, you know, an in-season program. So I'm going to get him, give him a break. But what I will say is I am willing to give up a first round pick for, um, for Khalil Mack. I mean, I'm, I'm, I don't think that we would ever give, get rid of Josh Jacobs. If we did though, I would understand. And that's okay because there's lots of depth in the running back position. You can go in the free agency right now and find someone worthy of it. I honestly think that you can probably get, um, we can probably get David Johnson for like a third round pick right now if we wanted to, because we could probably pick up Le'Veon Bell after this year if we, if we had to. Right. So anyways, there's depth there and there's quality there, but I absolutely agree with you. Like we need Khalil Mack type of, um, pressure and even if Cleo Mack is not a 10, 10 sacks a season guy it's another person on the outside for like Max Crosby or the interior to kind of get in there to help coverage I mean I'm we're not asking for 25 sacks a game we're asking for pressure to the quarterback to get out of the pocket for him to make mistakes which is what we did with Patrick Mahomes what we did with Baker Mayfield when we actually played those teams we actually witnessed pressure being done to them that's where we were at. I agree our secondary will be pretty decent. I, I like Mullen. I think he really progressed well other than, you know, injuries. Um, what's the other kid, Damian, um, Damian Arnett. Arnett? I think he'll be okay. He'll be serviceable. Will he be worth a first-round mm-hmm. pick? That's questionable. But I think he'll be a quality cornerback. Um, and, again, I have, I have faith in Abram that Gus Bradley will probably be able to speak his language and get him in better coverage and schemes. But for the most part is I would sacrifice right now a first round pick and maybe another player, whatever it took to get Khalil Mack, because that's where we're at right now with how bad our defense is at. At this point, I would even take a flyer right now and pay top dollar for JJ Watt because we need something. It, you know, I don't care how injured he's been, you know, he's got to get attention, which hopefully draws from somebody else. I mean, at this point, just give us somebody that can get to the quarterback or make some yeah. sort of defense can uh, make some sort of offensive line concern. Like, Hey, we need to watch for this guy. We need extra blockage over here. So maybe that frees up um, an extra side over here. You know what I mean? Like we just yeah. need that at this point. And yeah, I'm desperate enough to give up a first rounder right now for Mac. I mean, I'll, I'll give up almost anything to get yeah. a quality player like Mac at this point if, of where we're at. If we acquired Khalil Mac right now, Mm-hmm. with the defense that we have um it would be the best defense that khalil mack has played with as wearing a raider uniform it would be the best defense he's played with because that secondary that's we didn't have a great secondary when we had him but it made it look better was because he was able to rush the quarterback 
So the receivers and the quarterback didn't have time. So they had to get rid of the ball quick. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Mullen is really good in his, in his own right. I think, as you said, Arnett, I think he can progress a little bit better. Hopefully Abram. And I, I again, I don't want people – I'm not over Abram, but I'm kind of over his antics, and I'm kind of over him not covering. You know, he, if he can learn how to cover, I, I do like Abram. I like his personality, but he's a little too much on the field and um, too much of a liability at that mm-hmm. point. And that's what I don't like about it. Um, and I was, I was at the point where I was just like, I'd rather see, see Heath and just put, as you said, Abram at the linebacker position and go with that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I really do believe if Mac came back, he would have a better defense behind him wearing a Raider uniform than when he did with the first few years he was with us. So, yeah. um, and he's, he's got a great relationship with Derek Carr. That's the other thing too. Um, he wants to win for Carr, and Carr wanted to win for him, and that was a great dynamic. If we can get that back, even if we can't get Mac, like you said, if we have to go through the draft, I, but if you go through the draft, it, it's too much. If we know what Khalil Mack is, even if he's not what we had, what we originally had, if mm-hmm. he's half of what he had, he's still better than Max Crosby, and. We just need someone who can be that game changer when we need it. And it felt like every time we were like, man, we need Khalil Mack to make a play. He always did. Right. And that was huge. When I felt like I need Max Crosby to make a play, I felt like it, it was rare that he did. Yeah. Um. So I'm going to give you some stats real quick on Khalil Mack. So this was his yes, first please. four seasons with Oakland. Rookie season, he played all 16 games, only had four sacks. His second year, this is 2015. He had 15 sacks. Um, 2016, he regressed and only had 11 sacks. His last season with us, he had 10 and a half sacks. Although when he went to Chicago, he's had 12 and a half sacks his first year, eight and a half last year, nine this past season. Um, That uh, right now, Max Crosby this season only had seven sacks. He was our sack leader. Uh, The Raiders as a team only had 21 sacks as a team. I think that was like bottom two or bottom three in the, in the entire league. Actually, I would make the, I I would not be surprised if we were dead, dead last. I know that we were like really down in the bottom on that one, but Khalil Mack, when he was with Oakland, you know, had only one season where he didn't average double digits in sacks. And that was his rookie season. Um, and that was when he was just coming in from college. And now, obviously, as him being a veteran, he's only 29. He still has a lot of life left in him. He's not like, you know, a Ray Lewis who's on his last leg just holding on for the yeah. Super Bowl. He is a quality, he's a quality defensive end that we we would desperately need and we should get back. And truthfully, like what I've been saying is it was wrong to trade Mac. I can yeah. get behind Amari Cooper, which again, I can argue that it's more of a you know, they didn't really plan the system around him or game plan to get him the ball more often. Cause I think Gruden had something against him, but my argument is like, you don't get rid of a player like Mac. Like he was a once in a lifetime kind of a player who changes your defense. And our defense has literally changed since he's been <laughs> gone. And the, the bears defense has literally been better and different since he's been on the team. Yeah. The only common thing with that is Khalil Mack. And that's why the Raiders messed up. We need to get him back somehow, some way or get something. I mean, we, we can't live with the defense the way it is. It's absolutely, it's absolutely garbage. So, yeah, I a hundred percent agree. Um, you know, uh, I understood it. I was, I was more willing to kind of be like, uh, 
um, you know, hey, you know, I kind of get it. I mean, I don't want to lose them, but I do understand, like, we're going to get more players. But at this point, we've seen what it was like without Khalil Mack, and I want it back. And <laughs> and you said, and you said, you know, he kind of regressed, and I laughed because it Khalil Mack, it wasn't always about sacks with him. It right. was always about quarterback pressures, you know, making that quarterback never comfortable. Mm-hmm. And Crosby doesn't do that. Uh, Farrell definitely doesn't do that. Um, none of our offensive line or defensive linemen do that. Um, mm-hmm. And Khalil Mack always did. It wasn't, it was never about sacks. It was never about strip fumbles, which he was more than capable of doing. It was always about him making offense have to make plays quick. Right. Otherwise he would get there. So, all right. Uh, I know we're running long, but I do want to hit on the last topic. We'll run through that pretty quickly. Let's take a break real quick and we'll be right back. All right, Cody. Uh, so divisional round of the NFL playoffs is here. Um, you know, uh, there's going to be four games. So two games on Saturday, two games on Sunday to see who, uh, which four teams are going to be in the uh, conference round or uh, championship round. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Cody, uh, let's start with the Saturday games. Uh, first game is Rams and Packers. Who do you have winning and why? Um, I've got the Packers winning this one. I think it's going to be um, because Jared Goff, I think he's like, what, three weeks removed from thumb surgery, and he had to come in and relief for, oh, gosh, I'm forgetting what the starter Wolford. was. Wolford. Wolford. Okay, because he had a pretty serious injury. Um, yeah. So I think, though, Aaron Rodgers and the Packers are on fire. Their offense is going to be really hard to stop. I think Aaron Jones is going to have a big day. Um, um, and I think Aaron Donald um, is going to have to win this game essentially by himself. And I know that, uh, you know, the Rams have some really good offensive players. I just don't know if Goff is going to be able to to get the ball to them because, again, he's three weeks away from thumb surgery. If he re-injures it, like, who do you have left? But I like yeah. the Packers in this one. I am going to make a prediction here. This is a big one. The Rams will have three quarterbacks on their roster this week. <laughs> I think Wolford, I, I don't know the extent of the injury. So, um, I mean, if you know something, please stop me now. But I think Wolford will still be there. I don't know if he'll start. I don't know if he'll be, you know, able to play. Um, but they have Blake Bortles, but they made him inactive for the last week's game. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, I'm not saying Blake Bortles, Bortles is great, but uh, watching Jared Goff, it was a struggle. It was a, it was. Hold a on, okay. If Blake Bortles becomes the starter, the Packers are. Oh no, no, no! no. I'm not saying I'm not saying Bortles is going to start. No, I, I know, I know. You, but you just mentioned he's he was inactive. He was on their practice squad, right? Yeah. Okay, and then he's gonna obviously he went in, inactive, so. Obviously, the Rams are probably going to take precautions. They may activate him, and may and if Wolford is going to be playing, I imagine Bortles will probably be third-string quarterback on the active day roster. I'm just saying, though, if for some reason Wolford can't go and it's a it's a real struggle for Goff and Bortles has to play, Packers all the way. I'm not even <laughs> no, no, I'm not even no, saying that the Rams have a have a shot in hell. So I didn't I'm not saying that the Rams are gonna win. I just said I'm guaranteeing that they're gonna have three quarterbacks on the roster <laughs> in this week's game. Okay. <laughs> You're taking it all wrong. Uh I do love this Rams defense, but I just think the Packers, yeah, they're all healthy. And when it comes to postseason, Goff didn't look great. And it was just it was 
it was nice that the Seahawks didn't look great offensively either. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now, again, against that Rams defense, of course, they're going to look a little more lackadaisy, but they were kind of, they had no run game. Uh, Wilson could not be comfortable at all. Um, Now the other issue is Donald might be out. um, And so we don't know his severity of his injury yet. So well, Sean McVay said, unless anything happens, he's, he's playing. So he's going to play, but we don't know how much because, I saw, I immediately, when he grabbed uh, his side, I was like, oh, I think he broke a rib. Mm -hmm. It's got to be because he was struggling to breathe. And I was like, broken rib all the way. I'm calling it. Uh And, um, but we'll see. We'll see. I mean, I'd like to see a competitive game, but I do think the Packers definitely, if we're going offense, offense and defense, defense, Mm -hmm. I think the Packers defense can, can withstand the Rams offense uh, with a broken down Jared Goff. Um, and then the Packers offense, I think they can Aaron Rodgers, he's been in the league for so long. He's going to be able to figure things out against the Rams. I'm not saying he's going to have a career year against the mm-hmm. Rams. I'm not going to say Jalen Ramsey's going to give up a hundred yards to Devonte Adams, but he might because Aaron Rodgers is that good of a quarterback. Um, so yeah, I, I, I picked the Packers for sure. Okay. Cody, uh, Ravens and bills is the, uh, last Saturday game. Who do you have? I've got the bills in this one. I think that uh, I think Lamar Jackson, he's going to, he probably is going to have like a 200 and 200 game where he passes and rushes for 200. But oh. I think the bills as a team are too good. They, I don't think the Ravens have anyone in their secondary that can keep up with Diggs, also with Beasley um, also Josh Allen with his legs. He's underrated in terms of him being a rushing quarterback. He's very, very good. What is he like six, eight or something like that. So he's tough to bring down. He's got a powerful arm. I think the Bills are probably going to be the – well, I wouldn't say they're the biggest threat, but I think that they're going to be in the AFC Championship game, and I, I think that they're going to beat the Ravens. Um, I think the Ravens offensively, there's just something there that's missing. I think that they got past the Tennessee Titans because Tennessee had an off game. But I think the Ravens, they, they're not going to have the firepower to keep up with the Bills. I think the Bills win this one. And I think it's not going to be relatively close. I think in the second half, the Bills are going to kind of cakewalk it to the victory. But I've got the Bills winning this one and going to the AFC Championship. Everything in me wants to say the Ravens because I know the roster that they have. But I am going to go with the Bills. And I really like the Ravens. But they struggled against a... They did a really good job against Derrick Henry. I will give them that for sure. And I'm not – I don't know if they cannot do that to Josh Allen in in the running aspect, make mm-hmm. Josh Allen have to throw all the time, which is not – I mean, it's not like a great alternative because Josh Allen obviously has proven this year that he can throw the ball well. Yeah. Um, but um, I think Josh Allen gets, gets going a little bit more when he's able to run. And I think if you slow that down, I think they have the ability to do that. But they really could not move the ball on a on one of – I think they're like ranked 29th defense in the NFL against the Titans. Mm. And that was shocking. Um, I mean, Lamar Jackson didn't look great throwing. Uh, he looked great running, no question. Um, I thought uh, J.K. Dobbins looked really good uh, running the football, so that was impressive. But – their receivers, they really haven't gotten any better. I'm not, you know, you were really high on Mark Andrews. I, 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 I just, I still don't see it. I still don't see him being 
I mean, I think he's a top 10 tight end, but mm-hmm. I, I still can't. I don't see him being a top five tight end. He just well, hasn't done it. Well, I thought, um, too, when I was doing my prediction, I thought him and Lamar Jackson would have a better connection in terms of like, you know, when Jackson is getting out of the pocket, instead of him using his legs, he would find, you know, Andrews. Because like, for example, um, you know, Dak Prescott was known for that. Like he had a really good relationship with Witten. And also with, um, I think it was Baldwin, I think is the second, it was the other tight end who started and they had a, yeah, they had a better, um, better relationship, but, uh, you know, I didn't realize that Andrews would basically be nothing more than a glorified blocker, you know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I, I'm I'm still gonna go with the Bills because I really like their defense. Yeah. I know they're they haven't been as good as they normally are, but they uh, this Colts offense is really good, and they did put up some pressure on Philip Rivers early. Um, Jonathan Taylor really couldn't get going in that game. Uh, late in the game, yeah, Philip Rivers was starting to kind of hit with his receivers, but that's a pretty talented Colts offense, you know, with right. a T.Y. Hilton. Michael Pittman Jr., he really was starting to show up. Um, you know, uh, Mo, Mo Alley Cox, the the tight end there, he's kind of an underrated tight end. I, I like him. Um, so this is a it's a really good Colts offense, and they pretty much, you know, handled them. Um, I think they got screwed on, on that call where they said it wasn't a fumble, and it was a fumble. Sure. <laughs> um, so... But other than that, I, I still like the Bills. I think they're they're hot, they're healthy, mm-hmm. and that's what Ravens Ravens aren't hot. They're they're playing better, but um, they also don't have Mark Ingram, and I think that would help them a little bit. I'm not saying Ingram is what he used to be, but Ian and Dobbins throwing both of them in, and yeah. you could you could always throw in Gus Edwards a little bit as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's that's a lot easier on Lamar Jackson if you do that and unfortunately I don't think they're going to have Ingram in this game so yeah I think the Ravens are going to address the fact that they don't have a number one receiver at all like Hollywood Brown I thought he would take a pretty big step forward and he's he's gone way back and I think the Ravens are going to be in the market for a number one guy to trade for or to um, sign um, or to draft because Lamar Lamar Jackson needs needs a guy you know what I mean just like (laughs) just like uh Allen has digs. I think Lamar needs his guy and it's not Des Bryant, unfortunately, who's aged and, you know, he's serviceable and it's not Hollywood Brown because, you know, I, I bought into his workout videos thinking that he was there and then he's, <laughs> nope, he just went in MIA most of these games. He had, he'd have a couple of catches and a couple touchdowns and then he'd go ghost for about six more games and then show up out of nowhere. So too inconsistent for mm-hmm. Lamar, especially that offense. So. You can't watch those Instagram videos, man. No, can't buy, can't buy into it. Really nice editing. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, Browns and Chiefs. Um, This is the first Sunday uh, afternoon game. Who do you have and why? All right. I'm going to, I'm going to do it. I'm going to say the Browns. So no, you're not. No, I, you're not. You're not serious. I, you are well, not serious. I'm, I'm about one percent Browns, and here's <laughs> here's why. Um, I think they carry a lot of momentum. Um, they've got a yep. they've got an under they've got an underachieved defense, and it's underrated. I really think that it's a surprise to everybody how good their defense is. Miles Garrett has been playing really well. Um, you know that that defense has a lot of previously like number one guys from different teams. You know, like on there and. Stefanski's got this team coached really, really well. I mean, 
with even the assistant coaches coaching for him in his absence, you know, they came out with a really good game plan against the Steelers in a playoff game, and they handed the Steelers their backside on a silver platter. Now, I'm not saying that the Browns are Super Bowl contenders or anything like that, but what I will say is they do have offensive power in terms of, like, Nick Chubbs, Kareem Hunt. Um, if Baker Mayfield can just, you know, deliver the ball to, to like, who's open, doesn't get too crazy, kind of like what Stefanski's been coaching him to do, I think that they could cause the Chiefs problems because – one of the things that uh, when the Raiders beat the Chiefs, um, I think it was like in week, week three or week four, um, one of the things that was a huge stat is the Chiefs actually have a nearly 500 or under 500 record when they're in what's called a shootout where they're you know, going back and forth in points because they can put a ton of points on the board, but when another team can do it, they have a hard time keeping up because, again, they're, they run out of gas. And so – one of the things that I think the Browns can do is I think if the Browns can continue to score, utilize their defense, I think that the Chiefs could be surprised. And, I, and I'm and i just going to say I, I have a feeling. I don't know if it's true or not. I don't think it will be. But I'm going to just decide on the Browns just because they have the momentum. They've got a defense that will surprise them. And I think the offense is going to rush the ball like crazy, and the Chiefs will not contain it. I am going to be going with the Chiefs. Um I don't think the I think the Browns have really good momentum, but I think they got they blew out the Steelers. <laughs> it sounds dumb, but I think they blew them out too much. I think they beat them by too much. By and I too think much. They got, because I think they got cocky. They're like, okay, now everyone's unrating us. Now we're gonna, you know, we're gonna show them. And you know, no one's talking about the Chiefs. Everyone's talking about the Browns. Oh, you know, the Browns were such a surprise. They were mm-hmm. doing this, this, this. So now all the all the eyes are on the Browns. Now the Chiefs are laying low. And this is what Andy Reid is so good at. He's always great on a bye week. That's first and foremost. Secondly, Mahomes has been seeing this narrative of, okay, the Chiefs haven't been doing that great for the last couple of weeks. They kind of look like they're not you know, they're not playing as well. Defenses are kind of getting to them. I think their offensive line is hurt. So that is going to be an issue. But I think of what we've seen with last year, mainly is what I'm, what I'm looking forward to, to this year is when Mahomes had to play well, he played well. Mm -hmm. And I think this is one of the games they have to play well. But also, I do think that this defense is now going to turn it on. I don't think they had it really turned on that much. I think you're going to see a lot of Chris Jones pressuring Baker Mayfield. I think you're going to see Tyron Matthew really be a ball hawk in this game. I think he's getting a pick this this week. Um, I, I really think that this Chiefs defense is really turning it on. And they're really great coming off a bye week. And also, if the Chiefs start with the ball in the first half, I think you're going to see the first two, maybe three possessions um, Andy Reid plays, and you're going to see some funky little stuff that's going to confuse the Browns, and they're going to think about it the rest of the game, mm-hmm. and I think it's going to mess with them. And I think the Chiefs – I don't. I'm not going to say they're going to win handily because I do feel like Miles Garrett has had an incredible year – with an offensive line that is kind of beat up with the Chiefs, mm-hmm. uh, I think that is going to be an issue. So I, I do think Garrett is going to get to Mahomes at least at least once. Uh, but I think he's going to pressure him at least like five times probably. Quickly before we move on to the last game, I'm actually going to use your guy, Colin Calhurt. He had a really good point about the Browns kind of showed you that, you know, in his analogy that, you know, um, when 
coach Stefanski wasn't there because of COVID. The kids were asked to, the kids were left alone while the parents went mm-hmm. for a weekend. Yeah. And they took care of the house and they actually, instead of burning it down, they cleaned it up. Yeah. I think that the Browns are hearing the same noise and the same talk about they're just the Browns. I mean, look at um, Claypool, Claypool. How, on uh, TikTok live. He was saying that they, they're going to get clapped by the next team. And yeah, I mean, there are significant underdogs. I don't think we're doubting that they are going yeah. against probably the best offensive football team in the, in football history, just because, you have Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, Kelsey. It's it's going to be very hard to beat them. I don't know how you do it, but it's very rarely to be done. But I also think that they're hearing that. And again, they're they're a hungry team. They're wanting to win. They're wanting to prove the doubters wrong. They've got the city of Cleveland behind them. And I don't know, there's just something about it. Like they have this momentum. And I don't think that they're going to play too... I don't want to say that they're they're in over their head in the sense of like they're feeling themselves. I really think that they still are listening to the doubters and because people are like, well, it's the Browns. You're going against the Chiefs now, you know, mm-hmm. but I think offensively, if you really think about like, you know, the Browns offensive line, their run game, um, you know, if Baker can just not turn the ball over, just be serviceable. We're not even asking you to throw for 500 yards. We're just telling <laughs> you to be serviceable, you know, get get the first downs, be smart with the ball control the clock even i think that you have a shot against the chiefs but you know that's why i'm i'm picking them you can have the chiefs i'll take the browns but i just think that i just think that all this noise from everybody is motivating them and not not giving them a big head is what i what my point is yeah no i get you all right um so final game is the buccaneers and saints so cody who do you have in this game this is a tough one very very tough one because we've got two of one of the best quarterbacks to ever play football in the NFL going against each other. But I've got the Buccaneers in this one. I just think offensively they're too much. You've got Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, AB, uh, Leonard Fournette was actually looking like a number one running back in the last playoff game, Tom Brady. The only thing is is like, you know, how is he going to be? But, you know, he's either playing in Florida, which is, you know, not too bad right about now, or he's playing in the dome uh, in New Orleans. So, I mean, it's not like he's going to have to worry about the weather, but for the most part, I think he'll have his way with the saints defense. He has too many weapons to stop. I mean, the saints are a decent team, but I don't think that they they have a way to beat the Buccaneers with AB with, um, with, you know, Evans and Fournette and Godwin. Um, and the saints have, uh, you know, Kamara and, and Michael Thomas, but I don't think that's going to be enough. And Drew Brees, you know, he's going to need to throw for like 300, 400 yards to even compete. And I just think that Tom Brady and this offense is just going to carry on and they're going to be representing the NFC um, in the champion. Uh, they're going to be representing um, one of the two teams in the NFC championship. Yeah. I have the bucks too. Um Honestly, not even because of the matchups. I mean, we've seen the Saints win two games in a row, but Tom Brady doesn't lose the teams three times in a row, mm-hmm. <laughs> first of all. And secondly, um, I think Tom Brady has finally gotten this team all on the same page. I mean, you looked at with Ronald Jones being out, Leonard Fournette took the Leonard Fournette looked really good early, and then he kind of just didn't do anything. And mm-hmm. then all of a sudden he can he comes in this game and he looked really good. Um, yeah, obviously that Antonio, God, I hate Antonio Brown so much. (laughs) Um, Antonio Brown and Tom Brady connection looks really good. Mike Evans is starting to look really good. Chris Godwin is actually kind of being 
toss to the wing. He, oh, man. I watched that game. He dropped so many balls. I was like, good God, man. Just hang on to it. Good Lord. It was so annoying. <laughs> I'm dropping who's, all those who's, passes. Uh, who's number 10 on the Bucks? I think his name is Steven Miller or something like that. He's probably Scotty gonna, Miller. Scotty Miller. He's, He's probably going to get a lot more targets this, this week because yeah. of Godwin's yeah. dropping everything. Yeah. But um, I, I feel like the the other issue for me is this. Yes, they had got Michael Thomas back. Kamara looked really good. Um, but the thing is, Drew Brees still doesn't good. He yeah. was not impressive. That was, that's a really good Bears defense. And uh, I was talking. I was I was texting Brad, a, a buddy of of ours. Um, you know, he's the Bears fan, and I was like, man, I miss Khalil Mack. And uh, he was like, yeah, man, this defense is so good. And it's a really good defense, but this Saints offense is way too many weapons. They have way more better weapons than the Bears defense had cutting guys. And they still, they could barely move. The 21-9 doesn't truly represent how the game was. It felt like a a 14-10 to 10 game. That's what mm-hmm. it felt like. Um, and the Saints couldn't pull away. I mean, the Bears, their offense was terrible. I wouldn't say that the Saints defense looked that great. I think it was more the because in the beginning, the Bears got the ball and they were moving it well. They just couldn't get in the end zone. They went for it on fourth down and failed. And so they came around, came away with no points. Um, they could have easily got a field goal. And so to me, it was the the bears were so good defensively the saints were not as good offensively and the saints i don't think can really stop or slow down this buccaneers offense and i think this buccaneers defense i've said it all year long is so underrated it is a really really good defense and you're going to see it this week i think drew brees is going to have a really hard time um but i think if the buccaneers are smart they're actually going to make it harder on camara than on Breeze because I don't think Breeze can outthrow them. Um, you know, if both Breeze and Brady have to throw 50 passes in this game, I'm going to trust Brady over Breeze just because of what I've seen this year. Brady looks better arm wise than Breeze. Mm-hmm. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we went a little bit longer than what we wanted to, but. We did want to hit the NFL playoffs because obviously that is happening. Um, so I, th- I think that was necessary. And obviously we were not prepared to talk about the James Harden thing because uh, it literally, as we're recording this, literally happened today on Wednesday. So uh, it's kind of a big thing. It's kind of something we hadn't talked about. So it wasn't the original plan, but now it is. So, oh, well. <laughs> anyway, I, th- I feel like we, we brought up some good points. So thank you guys so much. Um, Go check out all of our social media. Uh, we said Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, uh, and YouTube as well. We are uh, Drew Code Sports Talk, so check us out on YouTube. Subscribe and comment and like all the videos that we have. Um, you know, if you have anything you want to ask us or there's a topic you want us to hit on, please uh, message us on either uh, either one of those things, and we, and we want to hear from you guys. Um, also, uh, go check out uh, or subscribe and rate and review on all of the major podcasts. Uh, anything and everything does help. Uh, the major podcasts being Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeart, and uh, Spotify. So go rate and review. Like I said, anything and everything does help. 
If it's a one star, tell us how we can get better. If it's a five star, tell us what we're doing so we can keep doing that. So we always appreciate it. Also, go check out fnxfitness.com. Uh, Cody did mention that uh, they're getting some more uh, spring stuff coming up soon. So go check it out. They, they sell out real fast. Uh, and Cody will actually explain to you how you can get 15% off your whole purchase of fnxfitness.com. That's right, guys. Go to our website, drewcodesportstock.com. We have a partner's link down at the bottom where you click on, and then there's a special link to FNX Fit that it shows you. You click on that, and then as you're shopping and when you're wrapping up, you want to enter the promo code DREWCODE15 to get 15% off your purchase when you guys are checking out and get all those savings. And definitely go check that out. All the supplements are high quality, uh, but they do sell out fast. I know that Drew and I, we've got not only the gear, but we also, or he has a lot of the supplements, and he says, they're working great. They've got a ton of reviews and they they are fantastic. So go give them a try and don't forget to use Drew Code 15 to get 15% off your total purchase. Uh, also, while you guys are on DrewCodeSportsTalk.com, you guys can check out our whole website. We have our Instagram page, our social media links. Um, we have our current YouTube videos up there as well. You guys can subscribe to YouTube on the website. Um, you know, click the links and it'll take you directly to the page. And you guys can also listen to full episodes of Drew Code Sports Talk or Two Bays in a Pod, which is our uh, seasonal show that we'll be doing. And we've actually got some episodes coming up in 2021. So stay on the website for more details about that. Um, and again, you guys, we appreciate you guys so much for being listeners and checking us out and hanging in there with us with all this podcast stuff. Um, again, if you guys want to leave any topics, questions, or comments, you guys can do so on the website or leave us a review on either Instagram or any of the social medias um, or on any of the podcast websites that you listen to us. So with that being said, you guys, we will see you guys next week and we appreciate you guys for listening and we'll see you then. See you.